You know, this is a terrific country, but sometimes we go a little crazy, and maybe that's part of our greatness, part of our freedom. But if we don't watch out and calm down, it all may just spin out of control. You know, the world is getting more and more complicated, and politicians have to explain things to you in simpler terms so that they can get their little oversimplified explanations on the evening news. And eventually, instead of even trying to explain things, they just give up and start slinging mud at each other. And it's all to keep you excited, keep you watching. So what I want to do with this campaign is kind of quiet things down and start having a conversation about what sort of country we want this to be in the next century. and welcome to the main event. I used that clip from uh, Primary Colors, a movie that was about the 1992 election of Bill Clinton. And you know, even today, even today, those words stand clear that the, the, the things that the politicians are saying are all about little sound bites and oversimplified. And what we should do today is think about what we want our country to look like for the next century. We know that we're, I know that I'm not going to be here to see, uh, to see the riches of what we decide in November, but I know my kids and my grandkids will, will uh, be inheriting this country. And I want to make sure that everything that we do today leaves a great country for them to, to grow up in and to prosper in like I did. Um, before I go any further, I want to give a shout out to, uh, we lost a family member this week. Uh, Doug Powell, my brother-in-law, um, passed away on Thursday, uh, 69 years old. He fought, my wife actually donated a kidney to him in 1999 and they gave, they said a, a kidney transplant recipient is eight to 10 years, eight to 10 years is lifespan. And he went 17 and a half. Seemingly had nine lives. He was a he was a great guy. Big family, five five daughters, uh, grandkids, great grandkids, and was just a, he worked for us at Wholesale Capital. He programmed our sign and our websites and uh, did all kinds of all kinds of stuff. He was every he was he was a great friend to everybody that met him, and uh, he will be sorely missed. Uh, Doug Powell, uh, rest in peace, brother. So uh, let's talk about. I hate to start off on a on a uh, on a dim note, but I want to make sure that that uh, everybody everybody we you know it's just uh, he's such a staunch Republican. One of his favorite uh, favorite uh, 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 comments, regular comments, was that effing Obama. And uh, you know he he his last night his la- last night alive was watching the watching Obama give that idiotic speech that he gave. I don't think we have any Obama clips today, but we're going to talk about what happened at the Democratic National Convention this week. But first, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of your real estate financing needs all over California and Arizona. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and 
and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone because you're at work and you don't want everybody to know your business, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Net and uh, click on apply now and uh, give me as much information as you want me to have and let me know how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, uh, Eric Marquez. Uh, I think that's it. Um, I hope I didn't leave anybody out. My team, my teammates uh, get get a uh, touchy about hearing their name on the radio. Um, if you uh, hear something you want repeated, you can uh, hear the replay of the show on uh, edhoffman.net. Click on listen to the main event. Or you can get me on iTunes and the, uh, the podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes and uh, just search Ed Hoffman or search the main event and you'll see my mug up there and uh, you can uh, download that and you can actually subscribe for free. It'll pop up on your, uh, on your device, your iPhone, your iPad, your iWatch, your... Uh, your iPod, your computer, your Android, uh, whatever you can get iTunes on, and you can get that uh, downloaded for free. So you never miss having to watch. You know, you don't have to watch uh, the news all week because I do, and we recap it every every week. So I can keep you uh, engulfed in what's important and what my opinion of it is. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long, and you can uh, like our show on Facebook. Uh, just Facebook search the main event 590. Uh, find our show uh, show page. Uh, you can also read my weekly columns in iebusinessdaily.com. Click on the opinion tab. See my full list. This week's column talks about corruption and disunity of the Democratic National Committee, Democratic National Convention. The you know DNC isn't that isn't that uh, another word for an abortion? Uh, I think it is. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud, but I was just thinking. So anyway, so before we go on. In the studio with me, as uh, as quite often he is, uh, my partner and uh, my partner and co-pilot here, uh, Mr. Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes, one of the top 100 bike shops in the country. Also, also bike selling companies because there's actually two shops in Rialto and uh, and Redlands. Welcome back to the show, there, buddy. Ed, it's great to be back. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, so this week, uh, remember how the Republicans are supposedly the party with a unity problem right now? Uh, Democratic National Convention this week in Philadelphia. It turns out Democrats have uh, some pretty big problems of their own. Uh, Democratic National Committee Chair Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz. I mean, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, she resigned on Monday, just hours before the convention kicked off, thanks to WikiLeaks. They published twenty thousand emails. You know, it's good that it's good that uh, you know these WikiLeaks and these uh, hackers keep everybody honest a little bit. They published twenty thousand emails between uh, 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 Blabbermouth Schultz and her other uh, DNC staff. Uh, emails that proved that the Democratic National Committee had been trying to sabotage Bernie Sanders' campaign once he became a threat to Hillary. Here's Trace Gallagher of Fox News explains basically what happened. In the leaked emails run from January 2015 through May of this year, the most damaging ones are from later in the primary season when Hillary Clinton had a sizable lead. Still, the emails appear to fly in the face of the Democratic National Committee's obligation to remain neutral. For example, ahead of the Kentucky and West Virginia primaries, DNC officials apparently tried to use Bernie Sanders' religion against him. Sanders is Jewish but says he's not religious, so in one email, the DNC chief finance 
financial officer wrote, quoting, I think I read he is an atheist. This could make several points difference with my peeps. My Southern Baptist peeps would draw a big difference between a Jew and an atheist. In response, the CEO of the DNC writes, quote, amen. Amen. You know what? Uh, that seems kind of reminds me of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, our Supreme uh, Supreme Court justice, making comments about, uh, you know, they're supposed to be blind in the eyes of the law. The committee is supposed to be blind to you know, let the people decide. You know, Ed, I'd like to take uh, and call for a moment of silence in honor of the death of the career of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> okay, that's plenty long enough. You know, Ed, for me, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is a woman who epitomizes the phrase, I'm having a bad hair day today. Uh, exactly. Yeah, because let's face it, Ed, she's never had a good hair day in her entire life. You know it. I know it. She's, I hate to comment on her looks, but she's ugly to the core. All right. Well, she's got uh, an ugly heart. You know, well, the, the other thing I'm going to say, you know, is I, I'm going to miss, I don't know about you, I'm going to miss Debbie Wasserman Schultz because it seemed like every time I thought, oh, I don't know, things like Obamacare sucks, it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz that was up there to reassure me that I was wrong and that millions of people were benefiting uh, as opposed to what I was seeing, which is millions of people losing their plans and their doctors. When I thought um, Benghazi was a fiasco and Libya was a disaster, it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz that was there to reassure me that I was wrong. When Hillary Clinton uh, was having was putting thousands of emails on a person or ser personal server, putting us all at risk, and then going at great lengths to to hide all that stuff it was debbie wasserman schultz that was there to to basically tell me that, that it was all okay and that there was nothing there to see ed and there was nothing there was there was no uh there was no cause to hold her accountable to that no i mean at, at, at this point what difference does it make absolutely and, and the funny thing of course is that what what happens so she resigns from the dnc and then hillary clinton hires her Exactly. Wasserman Schultz was not able to provide to preside at the convention, but she was given an honorary chair position in Hillary Clinton's campaign. In other words, she got paid to take one for the team. Yeah, she gets to go fetch Hillary's special water uh, for her along the campaign. Yeah, the the Fiji Fiji yep. water. She can't. Oh, have, is that what it is? She can't have uh, you know uh, Aquafina or. Uh, any of those other ones, Arrowhead, she has to have Fiji water. Okay. I know she, she can't have water spilled on her because she'll melt. Exactly. I'm melting. I'm melting. And when the convention doors opened, chaos ensued as uh, Bernie supporters got in a shouting war with Hillary, Hillary supporters, drowned out Congressman Marsha Mar Mar Fudge. Didn't even know who she was. <laughs> so anyway, we have we have audio of it. They're saying Bernie, Hillary, Bernie, Hillary. They can't really, uh, you can't really hear what they're saying. Um... You know, so but you know the two the what was funny is the two comedians um, that Sanders supporters Al Franken of uh, Saturday Night Live fame before he became a uh, a Democrat left wing um, senator from Minnesota Minnesota yeah yeah Minnesota and uh, same place where Jesse Ventura comes from right mm -hmm. okay so there's all kinds of whack jobs that come out of Minnesota oh yeah yeah um, and uh, and Sarah Silverman who's kind of a uh, a brash kind of um, what's the word I'm looking foul for? Foul mouth. Foul mouth uh, comedian. Mm -hmm. uh, she, they, they introduced uh, Bernie before his speech at the convention. Listen how they responded when the crowd tried to start the chaos back up.
Yeah, they're being ridiculous. Uh, it's you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't. You know, realize that even with this stuff going on, Bernie still won twenty-two states. Well, he did, and not only that. I mean, when I looked at this in the first, when I first saw images of this convention, I saw like tons of Bernie signs. I mean, like tons, tons of them. Exactly. And you know what's uh, you know what's funny is, it's not that Bernie's message was so great because he's a he's a socialist. Oh, and of course lame. of course all the young kids don't know what socialism is, but uh because they don't teach that in the schools anymore. But he's a socialist. He's he's his his economic uh plans and, and proposals don't make any sense. He and you know he didn't have the he didn't have the, the, the guts when they said at the debate when they said Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, he goes, Black Lives Matter. You know, he's he's a he's a he's a weak spineless jellyfish but you know he still won 22 out of 50 states which if i do my my math that's only three states short of half of them and it's not because he's so great i think it's because people hate hillary so much pretty much it's your bernie's an awful candidate you're right he has really no strengths there's no personality there he's an old washed up hippie from the 60s um and yeah how did he get to be so popular because he was the only alternative they had to what's now their candidate who's Pretty bad. Yeah, I'm quite surprised that the Democrats couldn't come up. That the, nobody in the whole Democratic Party, except for uh, Bernie, who probably didn't have any. He probably just didn't have anything to do one afternoon and signed up. And who's the other guy that? Well, it was Mar- Martin O'Malley Martin was in there. He reminded me of that guy from the Terminator. You remember the bad Terminator? Yeah. Yeah, that weird look in his eye. Robert the T1000. Yeah. You know, yeah. Have you seen this boy? Yes. Have uh, you seen John Connor? Have you seen John Connor? <laughs> showing that picture yeah i know it's uh that guy's in a lot of movies uh his name's robert patrick so uh um but yeah it's 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 a it this is all it they just, got it just surprised me that there's nobody there's nobody <laughs> just thought that, that that they could go up against hillary clinton so from night one the the dnc speakers were on attack against donald trump and it seemed to put more focus on trashing him than praising hillary because what can you say about hillary um here's senator here's senator uh, elizabeth warren uh pocahontas Cherokee people. Cherokee people. Um, painting Trump as the villain, con man, and predator. Not once did he lift a finger to help working people. And why would he? His whole life has been about taking advantage of that rigged system. Time after time, he preyed on working people, people in debt, people who had fallen on hard times. He's conned them, he's defrauded them, and he's ripped them off. You know what? Working people need jobs. He's employed hundreds of thousands of people in in good jobs and created and created those jobs out of nothing and what the hell does Elizabeth Warren know about it? Uh, nothing, because she hasn't created a single job. Uh, maybe one or two on the reservation. I don't know. She tried to defraud the the government, or uh, I guess uh, is it Harvard? Oh what, yeah, what, yeah. Basically, what school well, does she teach? It was Harvard. She she basically faked that she was a part Native American Indian so she could get a teaching job at Harvard. So yeah, she defrauded the people of that 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 uh, contribute to Harvard. Yeah, the fact she's a senator is just. It, like, you can't believe it. Then she didn't end there. Then she continued here. Said he was excited for the 2008 housing crash that devastated millions of American families because he thought it would help him scoop up more real estate on the cheap. Donald Trump set up a fake university to make money by cheating people and taking their life savings. 
Trump goes on and on and on about being a successful businessman, but he filed business bankruptcy six times, always to protect his own money and stick the investors and contractors with the bill. You know what? When the 2008 meltdown came, you know what? It was bad. It was bad for me because I'm in the mortgage business. But you know what? When when life deals you lemons, you make lemonade. He was a perfect example of that. Hey, you know what? I'm sure his his value of his properties went down. But hey, there's there's bargain basement prices. On, I got excited. I bought a whole bunch of properties. And you? I got three of them actually, Ed. So I mean, was that a big profit? Well, the point is, look, the banks have these homes, so what was going to happen to them if people like me didn't come in and buy them? Exactly, know? exactly. So, oh, he's he got excited about people losing their homes. Hey, you Democrats put the subprime subprime loans out there that no one should have won. Oh, the big banks did it. Hey, the big banks don't want to lend, but put loans out there that aren't going to get paid back. They didn't want to. They got forced by the government and Fannie Mae. Right. The point is that Trump didn't cause the housing crisis. Um, and he is a successful businessman. He's employed thousands of people, and Elizabeth Warren is just a sh schmuck. And and he took people's life savings on uh, Trump University. I would venture to say that people that bought that bought into Trump University, which was a book and tape kind of a kind of a thing on teach you how to get rich in uh, in real estate, which there's tons of them out there, and none of them work if you don't work them. But typically, people don't put their life savings into that. People that are, want to invest in real estate typically have money. And, uh, oh, uh, meow, you know, Hey, I bought a, I bought a, uh, get rich in real estate thing and, uh, I didn't do anything with it. Now I want my money back. Exactly. You did a, you went to a real estate investing. I did. Thing. I paid $200 to go to the Ed Hoffman real estate workshop. And once again, I got three, I got three rentals. I got a radio talk show career and I am one of the most respected political analysts in the nation. Now you are. Yeah, I am. Second, second month. <laughs> so, uh, so everyone was praising. So everyone was uh, praising the speech of of the goddess Michelle Obama that mm. she gave that night, and it included plenty of jabs at Trump as well. Don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great. That somehow we need to make it great again. I want someone with the proven strength to persevere. Someone who understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. Because when, when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips and the military in your command, you can't make snap decisions. You, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. Yeah, you can't make snap decisions because, you know, if, it might be over. Might be over in 13 hours. Well, she said she said something about it never being great, but this was the first time she was ever proud of this country was when her husband was elected. Exactly. Everything prior to her husband being elected, she was ashamed of. Hey, this country is still <laughs> is still great, but it's not great like it was. And as soon as we get done spending, as soon as other people run out of their money that we can borrow to keep the economy great, uh, it's not going to continue to be great. It's a mathematical certainty. And you know what's funny? She said, you know, this country isn't black and white, but she keeps using this line in every speech she gives. I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. black young women playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. 
it's amazing that she uh, nobody said anything that she plagiarized her own speech because we googled the the house built by slaves and uh she apparently says it in every speech she gives well that's pretty much her her line i mean it's all about black and white it's all about race it's all about slavery it's all about victimization and that's what keeps people like her in power it's playing the race card ed exactly that's uh if all else fails play the race card yep so uh bill clinton came on uh this year's uh marked the first time a former president gave a convention convention address with his wife as party nominee so i guess he's gonna be the first dude the first the first dude he could be the first rapist <laughs> the first uh the first uh, sex addict i don't know uh on night two bill clinton spent 42 minutes talking about a woman he said was hillary clinton but it sounded like an entirely different person it started on their great love story when he recounted their life together since 1971 i'm married <laughs> my best friend. I was still in awe after more than four years of being around her at how smart and strong and loving and caring she was. She's insatiably curious. She's a natural leader. She's a good organizer. And she's the best darn change maker I ever met in my entire life. Yeah, I'm married to my best friend too. That's why I don't cheat on her. That's why uh, I, I watch out for her and take care of her. And she takes care of me. I don't think that's the same marriage setup that Bill and Hillary well, have. The thought, of course, comes to your mind is, is this how you treat your best friend, Bill? You go out and have multiple and multiple affairs. Um, and is it just me or does Bill Clinton look like a corpse up there? I mean, when you see him in the audience, his mouth is kind of half open. I think if you zoomed in on him, you probably see some drool coming out of the corner of his <laughs> mouth. Do you know and, what I mean? And do you notice how red his nose is? Do you notice it? That uh, kind of, you look at, at Chelsea, the only, the only difference between her nose and his nose is she wears makeup. But, uh, oh, but okay. I just, I look at him and said, here's a guy that drinks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if I was married to Hillary, I'd drink a lot too. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, I don't think he spends much time I with I think her. if I was married to Hillary, I'd be a heroin addict, but that's a separate topic. You know, he listed all her great accomplishments as Secretary of State. I kind of thought we were going to use uh, the cricket sound thing, but he actually came up with some, mm. if you can call them accomplishments. As Secretary of State, she worked hard to get strong sanctions against Iran's nuclear program. She flew all night long from Cambodia to the Middle East to get a ceasefire. She backed President Obama's decision to go after Osama bin Laden. She launched a team to fight back against terrorists online. Man, she <laughs> she she negotiated to stop Iran's... Uh, Nuclear thing. I give him $150 billion. Yeah, she flew all night from Cambodia to the Middle East. That was an accomplishment. She yeah. flew all night. And she probably slept. Yep. Uh, she backed Osama's decision to go after Osama bin Laden. I, think I backed that decision too. Is that an accomplishment yeah, me for too, me? But I think it started in, I don't know, it started to me in the Bush camp, mm. in the Bush uh, administration. Okay. They just didn't catch him until till he got in there. And uh, he... And they're, and they're fighting terrorism online. Well, that's one way to do it. I mean, I prefer just killing them myself, but you can always like, what, what, what does fighting them online mean? Does that mean you post nasty things about them on the internet? Like, they're bad people and should stop this. How do you fight them online? You, you put nasty stuff on Facebook about them, and, uh, and so you ruin their reputation. Okay, you know, you, you, you unfriend them. On uh, Facebook. Yeah, unfriend. That's how you fight them that's a online. Good, that's a good way. Yeah, thanks. Um, of course, it doesn't list all the... It doesn't talk about uh, Benghazi.
Benghazi, doesn't talk about the email scandal, Egypt, Russia, ISIS going crazy, all that list of accomplishments. That's what I was kind of hoping to hear, Ed. No, but nobody at the whole convention even brought up ISIS or mm. any of that stuff, which you wouldn't really that's expect them to, but, it, but hey, you know what? Let's deal with the 400-pound gorilla that's in the room. I liked uh, what Newt Gingrich, who again, was my choice for 2012 um, before he dropped out. Um, here's what Newt Gingrich had to say in response to Bill Clinton's speech. You have to give him credit. He's one, he's one of the finest storytellers in modern American politics. Uh, it's kind of like listening to old Uncle Bill. When old Uncle Bill had this story, and he wanted to tell you this story, and it was a fantasy. It was about this princess. Uh, and she never, ever once deleted an email. Uh, she never heard the word Benghazi. Uh, she made positive change everywhere, except maybe Libya, Syria, Russia, Crimea, Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, south side of Chicago, where uh, some 3,400 people have been killed. But, you know, other than those little things, she's been a terrific change agent. I mean, if the Hillary Clinton that he described existed, I would be tempted to support her. But the fact is, the Hillary Clinton he described doesn't exist. Exactly, and uh, we're out of uh, time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials, and we'll be right back with part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, president, Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you want to get any information on uh, refinancing or financing, purchasing, reverse mortgages, anything mortgage-related, call me at 855-640-2020. I don't talk about it much on the radio because it's kind of boring unless you're doing it. And uh, quite frankly, uh, it seems to be better that you guys have a better feel about who I am. So we talk about uh, we talk about what's happening in this nation on this. I got with me uh, Scott McAfee, uh, proprietor of Don's Bikes in the co-pilot uh, position today. And if you missed uh, part one, we're talking about the Democratic National Convention that we just uh, stomached. You know, I had a hard time watching all of it like I did the Republican convention. It's very difficult, Ed, very difficult. I find I found my mind wandering a lot while it was going on, but I figured I had to at least see some of it because for me to not be able to come on here and bash the Democrat Party is kind of like a day without sunshine. Exactly. It's like a day without lunch. Yeah. You know, it's just not just not complete. But it was hard to watch, though. Yeah, I found myself uh, watch a few minutes and I'm constantly (laughs) tweeting because Every third word just got me angry, and uh, then finally I just have to walk out. And you know, it was that kind of that kind of stuff, that kind of BS talking out their butts. Just uh, just makes it hard to be in a good mood, and not being in a, not being in a good mood, it's hard on your marriage. Yeah, I know. I kept getting your texts of anger, and I'm thinking, God, Ed, maybe you should just walk away from the tube. For me, I have to kind of pause about every ten minutes just to vomit, and then I can go back to watching a little bit more of it. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting pretty graphic here. Let's yeah, go on. Okay. So, uh, third night of the of the con- convention, Barack o- Barack Hussein Obama was finally able to pay Clintons back for their endorsement of 2008, which uh, made me vomit last year or four years ago, the year that was supposed to be Hillary's election. Here's what he had to say about her compared to Trump. Hillary has real plans to address the concerns she's heard from you on the campaign trail. She's got specific ideas to invest in new jobs, to help workers share in their company's profits, to help put kids in preschool and put students through college without taking on a ton of debt. That's what leaders do. And then there's Donald Trump. 
the facts guy either. He calls himself a business guy, which is true, uh, but I have to say I know plenty of businessmen and women who've achieved remarkable success without leaving a trail of lawsuits and unpaid workers and people feeling like they got cheated. This is such BS. You know what? Hey, let me just uh, uh, clarify this. Workers, you know, he's got ideas for workers to share in company profits. Workers share in company profits. It's called a paycheck. Yeah, not only, but he wants to, he wants to force companies to share more, Ed. That's the main point. You know, one of the interesting just large picture observations about the Democratic convention and Hillary is that, you know, Hillary's talking about how great it's all about how great things are because we've had Obama for the last almost eight years. But there's still lots of things that need to be fixed. She's got ideas on jobs. What are you doing, Barack? What have you done? So we still have a mess that needs fixing, apparently, Ed. But he's one of the greatest presidents ever. Mm. Okay. Amazing. So uh, then then after that, after uh, Obama got uh, done spilling his BS, uh, hey, don't boo, vote. I didn't see see the same kind of enthusiasm. Even when Hillary spoke, I didn't see the, the same kind of enthusiasm in the stands as it did when Trump did. No. And uh and who taught her how to how to smile with her mouth open? Uh the Joker. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> there is kind of that evil sort of I think uh, glare. I think the PR people said this is a good look for you, Mrs. Clinton. <laughs> so then uh, Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia was introduced uh as the vice presidential nominee. He had more to say about Trump than Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, and the fact that she chose chose him, you know, I hadn't never really seen him until he got nominated. He acts like he's he's her champion. You know, like, hey, you know, we did this together. Um, I don't think Hillary wanted to uh, nominate a vice president that was more of a man than she was. And I think he succeeded. She she wanted to, to nominate somebody that's more boring than she is, and she definitely succeeded. There's a reason why you've never heard of this guy, Ed, because once he's been on stage and you've heard him, you realize why you've never heard of him before. A's pretty flat, boring, you and know. I, I thought, we thought it was going to be Elizabeth Warren, but Elizabeth Warren is more of a man than Hillary is. But this guy <laughs> came across a little, I don't know, how can I say it on the radio? Say it, Ed. Light in the loafers. Okay. I don't know. Let's play a clip. Trump is a guy who promises a lot, but uh, you might have noticed he's got a way of saying the same two words every time he makes his biggest, hugest promises. Believe me, it's going to be great. Believe me, we're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Believe me, we're going to destroy ISIS so fast. Believe me. There's nothing suspicious in my tax returns. Believe me. You know what is, I just, you know what, talking about the tax returns, I don't really care what's in Trump's tax returns. I don't care. He's obviously got more money than I do because he has a plane and, uh, and lots, lot more assets. I know what I've done. He's done more of it. I give him credit for that. I don't really care what I don't really care much of what he says. I don't care much of what he has. I care about who he is, and I think we got that last week that I went into detail with from his kids. You? Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, just one final thing about Tim Kaine. Uh, I would not pursue a career of stand-up comedian. Uh, that's not going to happen. Obviously, what we care about is what's Trump going to do. Exactly. Yeah. What, what, believe me. Then he claimed Trump refused to pay contractors, a claim that's been uh, running theme throughout the entire convention. Small contractors, companies just like my dad's, believed him, believed him when he said that he'd pay them to build a casino in Atlantic City. They 
did the work, they hung the drywall, they poured the concrete, but a year after opening, Trump filed for bankruptcy. He walked away with millions and they got pennies on the dollar. Some of them went out of businesses, all because they believed Donald Trump. You know what? That's such bull. You know what? I built a commercial building in Moreno Valley. If you drive down the 60 freeway, you see our big electronic sign. That thing was $4.5 million to put that together. It was $2.5 million over budget. I'll tell you what my experience is, that when a person gets a contractor's license, and I'm not insulting you contractors out there because I deal with lots of you guys, and you know, even the, even the ones that I like, there seems to be a, a there must be something about construction because it seems as soon as people get a contractor's license, their watch stops, they lose signal on their cell phone, and their calendar falls out of their pocket because um, they're notoriously late, they're notoriously undependable. And uh, but the ones that I use do a great job, and I just come to expect that. Um, but one thing I know that you know, people that poured the concrete didn't get paid. The people, you know, you pay for a building, you pay in stages, and you have a general contractor. If you don't write the check to the general contractor for the guy that dug the hole for the foundation, you don't get to go get the concrete. And if the con and it may go, you may start to get the concrete poured, but you're certainly not getting any walls till the till the first stage is paid, and then the walls go up, and you don't get any electrical until those are paid for. You pay in stages, so don't get alarmed by, you know, hey. Trump did this and he filed bankruptcy and everybody lost their money. I would I would venture to say the investors that lost money in any of Trump's uh, four, I heard it was four, he said six, bankruptcies. I would say those are the same investors that back him up in the other hundred or hundred or more uh, ventures that were profitable. Well, and the only thing that I would, would comment on this is that, you know, you, you've got the entire Democrat machine, the Hillary machine, going through all of Trump's garbage now, trying to find something, anything they can to throw at him. Where are these people, Ed? I haven't seen one. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I'm just, I haven't seen anybody. You would be surprised at... Uh that we haven't seen some on TV. We haven't seen any angry, disgruntled workers. We haven't seen any women that he's accused of sexual harassment. Um, I haven't seen anybody that he supposedly burned in business really badly. I, I just haven't seen them. And uh, of course, four years ago with Romney, you know, the people were talking about how how he people lost their jobs and they lost their insurance and they blamed him for some lady dying of cancer and they got that guy to come out and talk on the talk in front of a TV right. camera. And say, yeah, we lost it. And you would th thought that he actually infected the lady with cancer. Um, but I don't want to say I don't want to say anything defending Romney because he's he's on my list of people I xed off my list for people I like. You unfriended him, Ed. I unfriended that guy because <laughs> uh, I I don't know I don't really know where he was coming from. But that's that's another that's another discussion. Yeah. We got more to get through. Yep. So uh, Tim came came across. It's kind of an I wrote down here odd duck. But I think he was, came across as kind of a flamboyant. God, I wouldn't associate him with the word flamboyant. He's, I'd say kind of a non-entity. Maybe I just got bored. Maybe I get bored quick, Ed. I looked, don't know. He looked a little girly to me. All right. I think his wife and three kids are were just a were just a cover. <laughs> I think he's living a secret <laughs> oh, life. Oh, okay. He did, you know what? You can even hear it in the radio the way he talks. So here's a weird moment when the crowd threw him off with a chant that sounds something like we used to hear in 2008. Now, si se puede, si se puede, si se puede. Yes, 
we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Lock her up. Lock, Lock her, her up. <laughs> no, the yes we can was Barack Obama. So right. if you're if you're if you question when we say that a, a, a Hillary administration will be just the third term of Barack Obama, there you go. Yes we can. Yes we can. Even say it in the Spanish. Uh, si se puede, más cerveza por favor. <laughs> I just add I thought the that. same thing. I just add that extra little Spanish spot. The only thing I really know. Um, of course, uh, crazy Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe Biden had to make an appearance too. He started his speech by showing how delusional he truly is. You've all seen over the last eight years what President Obama means to this country. He's the embodiment. He is the embodiment of honor, resolve, and character. <laughs> One of the finest presidents we have ever had. Thanks for reminding me, Joe. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the one of the greatest presidents we ever had. Mm. Honor, resolve, and character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell that to the people in Syria that uh, he drew the red line for. If you use chemical weapons on your people, we're coming after you. If you locked their doctor, you can keep them, Ed. Yep, exactly. He's he's resolved. He's he's as honest at the, as there is. Hey, there's there's nothing to be found in that IRS scandal. Nothing. Nothing. Everything's everything's on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Yep. In uh, just the just the picture of honor, resolve, and character. Yep. So then he moved on to to what they're. Then he moved on doing what he was there to do for Hillary Clinton. If you live in the neighborhoods like the one Jill and I grew up in, if you worry about your job and getting a decent pay, if you worry about your children's education, if you're taking care of an elderly parent, then there's only one, only one person in this election who will help you. There's only one person in this race who will be there, who's always been there for you. And that's Hillary Clinton's life story. It's not just who she is, it's her life story. She's always there. She's always there to pick your pockets, to lie to you. Ask the ask the guys in Benghazi. She's not she always there. there, Ed. She wasn't there in Benghazi, was no, she? No, she wasn't. She wasn't mm-hmm. there, and she wasn't even there in Washington D.C. to make the decision. Somebody called everybody back. Mm-hmm. Obama wasn't in the room, so where was she? Ed? Well, she was there. She was at scrubbing emails. She was. Uh, she was not there. And somebody called the people back. She was not there to give the uh, the. Uh, uh, the the security that was requested by Christopher Stevens mm. uh, that they knew that was a dangerous place. Okay, so place. Biden should have said she's almost always there. Almost when in times of in times of trouble, she won't be there. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, hopefully, hopefully she might be there. There's a possibility. We have the strongest fighting force, but no one will be there to authorize them to come to your rescue. And if you want to see her life story. Hillary's America. Hey, before any of you, this is what everybody should be saying to their Democrat friends. Um, unfri- I'm unfriending you. No, uh, um, you know, if you got Democrat friends or anybody who's who thinks they're going to vote for Hillary, before they invest, before they put our country's future and all of our future on the line by voting for Hillary, spend 10 bucks and go see Hillary's America. Fantastic movie. It's not all about Hillary. It's about it's about stuff in the Democrat Party that you probably you probably don't know because you probably don't remember your history books and you probably didn't put it together back then because we were kids. 
that's the problem with teaching American history when you're a kid because none of it makes any sense. Because you're not you're paying adult. attention. Well, it just doesn't mean anything to you till you right. get out in the out in the world, and you realize what it really all means. You know. Yeah, it's, I find I find history really really interesting mm-hmm. now. Right. Don and I walked through the uh, Independence Hall and uh, all the stuff in uh, in downtown Philadelphia and saw Liberty Bell and and all that all that and you know go to Washington D.C. and see the stuff there and you know all the historic stuff in New York at, at Ellis Island and Statue of Liberty and uh, Empire State Building all that stuff it is means something now and you realize where our country came from. But, you know, when you're in eighth grade or 11th grade and you're going through social studies and U.S. history and all that stuff, it doesn't mean anything to you. You're learning this stuff. It doesn't sink in. You, you take it for granted. And I think as, as you and I have both learned how we've evolved politically, it's because now this stuff we don't take for granted because we realize we could lose it. And we're on the verge of losing it right now. Exactly. we got a couple months to go, Ed. Uh, three months and uh, about a week yep. till election day. So I guess there won't be much of anything else to talk about. Mm. So after that, after, uh, after, uh, Biden talked about Hillary's life story, he went on to take some, some shots at Trump. His cynicism is unbounded. His lack of empathy and compassion can be summed up in the phrase that I suspect he's most proud of having made famous. You're fired. I mean, really, I'm not joking. Think about that. Think about that. Think about everything you learned as a child. No matter where you were raised, how can there be pleasure in saying you're fired? There can be pleasure in saying you're fired. I've been fired from every single job I've ever had except for one. And uh, until I became the owner of my company, uh, let's see, I've been, I've owned Wholesale Capital for over 20 years now. Um, but every job I was at before, and it wasn't because of lack of production. It was because I was a, um, I had attitude. I had attitude. I knew I was out producing everybody had attitude. And, you know, it was, it just a matter of time until my boss thought I was, uh, thought I was a little, little, uh, insect and, and fired me. And, uh, and that's, I'm a bad employee. Okay, but that's how I learned to be who I am today, and now I'm now I've risen to the, and that's what what America is about. You learn, you go through, you pay your price, and that's how you learn to become who God wants you to be. Yeah, I know you and I were talking about this uh, off the air as well, and it's not like anybody enjoys firing anybody. I've had to fire people. It was it was actually the thing that I hated doing the most, but it was also something I realized that I had to do. I mean, if you have an employee that's got attitude problems or they're causing problems within your company and, you know, costing you money, you, you have to do those things sometimes. It's not fun. Um, and so, and sometimes you have an attitude problem that infects everybody else. Right. So for, the, for the sake of the other... 20 employees you have or the other 120 employees you have um you got to get rid of one person it's you know you can you can fire this one or you can have other 100 of them quit because it's infecting all them so it's a necessary part of life folks firing people you know sometimes that's how you keep companies from going out of business uh i.e uh hewlett-packard versus gateway um, some of the technology companies that we heard Carly Fiorina talk about, but you know what? Uh, Biden ended uh, ended his speech with this little this little part. Of, we got to cut this into three pieces, but this is how he how he how he concluded his speech. No one ever doubts I mean what I say. It's just that sometimes I say all that I mean. <laughs> but folks, let me tell you what I literally tell every world leader I met with, and I've met them all. It's never 
never, never been a good bet to bet against America. Yeah, except for if you're in the Middle East, in Syria or Libya. Do you actually really say that? I mean, or did you just make that up, Joe? It's never a good idea to bet against America if you got someone with some spine in the White House or in leadership. uh, And then they all laugh as soon as he leaves the room. Exactly. And then the next part. We have the finest fighting force in the world. Not only do we have the largest economy in the world, we have the strongest economy in the world. Yeah, we have the we have the finest fighting force, except for if the commander in chief doesn't have any common sense or any spine or any ability or any uh, guts to use them when it's necessary. Doesn't make any difference. Yeah, Joe, we're also twenty trillion in the hole, so so much for the finest economy in the world. Yeah, exactly. As long as as long as you judge the economy based on where the stock market is, then I guess we're doing good. Hmm. But if you if you think that you should probably be able to find a job, um, or uh, actually, you know, if you own a company, that you should be able to make a profit. Um, if uh, if any of that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, looking at uh, median ha- household income that's actually gone down a couple thousand dollars over the last eight years, that's not a good sign. Home ownership down, uh, unemployment numbers, particularly for minorities, up. Uh, yeah, yeah. The you know, and if and if you're if you're a person of color and you're and you are uh, planning on voting for Democrats because that's what you that's what you do, you know, because black people vote for Democrats. Um, and Jewish people de- vote for Democrats. Uh, you should go see Hillary's America and realize what the underlying current of the Democratic Party is, and you can back it up historically by. You know, Dinesh D'Souza did a great job in that movie. Spend ten bucks. Spend ten bucks and invest in your future by at least being aware. Then uh, the last part of this uh, this little section of Biden's speech. We have the most productive workers in the world, and give it a fair shot. Given a fair chance, Americans have never, ever, ever, ever let their country down. Never. No, Americans never let their country down, but the leadership does. Yep, actually, yeah, we're being let down every day, but we don't even have time to go into all those. Exactly. So the final night of the convention started out with Chelsea Clinton explaining that being a good mother and a grandmother... Or what qualify Hillary to be president? We're not going to put Hillary. Uh, no, we're going to put Chelsea on. It's too boring to even pull clips from that. She's so not. She ain't a Trump, Ed. Yep, she's not a Trump. Then Hillary took the stage to deliver a robotic speech that took numerous shots at Donald Trump. Our country's motto is "E pluribus unum." Out of many, we are one. Will we stay true to that motto? Well. We heard Donald Trump's answer last week at his convention. He wants to divide us from the rest of the world and from each other. He's betting that the perils of today's world will blind us to its unlimited promise. He's taken the Republican Party a long way from morning in America to midnight in America. Yeah, she uh, needed to tell us what a pluribus unit meant, and uh, she needed to use Reagan's uh, shining, shining city on the hill. Uh, she just she stole stuff from uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's great speeches in in history, and she needed to tell us, you know what, Trump wants to separate us from the bad guys. I haven't heard he wants to separate us from the rest of the of the nice nice good world. He wants to separate us from the bad guys. Um, but she all, but then she d- promised to do exactly what Trump, the opposite of what Trump will do, 
and let boatloads of illegal immigrants into this country. We will rise to the challenge, just as we always have. We will not build a wall. Instead, we will build an economy where everyone who wants a good job can get one. We'll build a path to citizenship for millions of immigrants who are already contributing to our economy. Unqualified. And I think this is an issue where the Democrats are going to lose because the fact of the matter is the majority of Americans want the wall. The majority of Americans want a secure border. They want reasonable uh, immigration policies, and they don't want to compete for jobs with people that are pouring in this country illegally. That's just a fact. Exactly. And uh, we're just going to let everybody in and we're going to make a we're gonna, and nobody wants the illegal aliens to have a pathway to citizenship. Nope. You know, I don't have a problem with people that are productive and are good people. If you know, we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to deport them all. And at some at some point, we got to give them a pathway to being legal, but not citizenship. Right. So uh, she finished. She finished. And she explained that Trump thinks he's the only one who can fix our country. He's forgetting every last one of us. Americans don't say I alone can fix it. We say we'll fix it together. I don't, uh, think, I don't think he said he'd do it by himself. He said I alone can lead it. She's boring. She's she's a liar. She's you can't she can't be trusted. And any of you guys that think that she's the one that you're going to vote for or know someone who is, you need to get them to Hillary's America. It's a fantastic movie. It's not boring. It's a it's a uh, it's a uh, a documentary, but it's it is not boring from minute one. Yeah, and we hope to get Dinesh D'Souza on the show to give him give him an interview. Actually, uh, next week, very soon. Next week, hopefully. All right, hey guys, we're out of time for this uh, this uh, episode of the main event. Thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and with on my side is Scott McAfee. All right, thanks. That always we'll, fun. We'll be back again with you next week.